Hey, if you're looking for a new podcast, there's another show here at Earwolf you should check out. It's called How to Be Less Old. Did you think MCM was a new party drug? Is Salt Bay a person or a town on Long Island? Well, Emily Foster and Deanna Cheng are here to give you a shot of pop culture Botox. They're reaching out to the youth of America in an attempt to stay young and hip, or at the very least, less lame. Guests like Tara Lynn Barr, Jason Manzukis, and Casey Wilson share their expertise on the latest fashions, phrases, and trends that they're opting into or out of. Subscribe to How to Be Less Old in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Hello to all my museum employees out there. This is Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hello, everybody. Chris Gethard here, welcoming you to a new episode of Beautiful Anonymous. And guess what? I'm in the studio, but here's how time, the time-space continuum works. I'm recording this on Friday, May 26th. When this episode drops, it's on Tuesday, May 30th. That's the first day of the first ever Beautiful Anonymous tour. That means I'll be doing a live podcast taping as well as a whole bunch of comedy tonight in Vancouver. Biltmore Cabaret, May 30th, Tuesday, 2017. If you're in Vancouver or anywhere near it, I want to meet you tonight. I want to look you in the eye, shake your hand. And thank you for supporting this show. May 31st in Seattle, June 1st in Portland. Then I'm at the Colossal Clusterfest, San Francisco, California, doing stand-up and a taping. Chicago on June 6th, two shows. Ferndale, Michigan, June 7th. I've never done Michigan. I hope everybody in Michigan comes out on Wednesday, June 7th. Toronto, it's almost sold out. June 8th, Thursday. Don't sleep, Toronto. If you want to come, get a ticket. Philly, June 9th, one of the best cities in the world. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, be there on June 9th. We're in Arlington, Virginia on June 10th, two shows. Baltimore, Maryland, June 11th, two shows. Then we're finishing things off in my homeland, New Jersey, Asbury Park on June 13th. I really can't tell you how excited I am to get on the road, meet all you guys. So many people have supported this show. It's been such a beautiful thing in my life, a real development that I never saw coming. And I get to go to these cities and I get to shake your hand. And I get to thank you one-on-one. And I cannot wait for that. So sincerely. And everybody else is asking, when are you coming to Boston? When are you coming to Atlanta? When are you coming here and there? I'm coming everywhere, baby. Okay? As soon as I get time, I'm organizing more of these tours because it's so fun to get out there and meet you guys. Now, in the meantime, last week's episode, we had the uh, Just Like a Johnny Cash song. Young lady telling us tales of Texas and how grim things get. A lot, a lot of people saying they really identified with her. A lot of people, especially a lot of the female fans of the show saying, this is not exactly my story, but I've been through some similar things. And that. so always so cool to read that they uh, strike a chord and create some empathy out there. That's nice. I did notice a lot of people in the Facebook group, which by the way, Beautiful Anonymous, the community, join this Facebook group. There's 11,000 people in there who discuss all the episodes and it's a very positive place. Very, very fun. A lot of people saying, hey, this one felt old school, like a lot of chit chat. I don't like the new format of the show. I just wanted to address that because there is no format. I promise you, there's been no discussion of changing a format. Uh, I think sometimes people now know the show. They call in. They know what they want to talk about a little bit more. There are a handful of times where somebody tells me they're a public defender. I got a lot of questions about that. It is going to be a little more Q&A, but I'm just like you. I love the chit-chatty ones, and I love the ones that go in other directions, and I promise you we will always have both. Always makes me laugh hard. I see comments sometimes from people going, I don't like this show since they switched to only doing it through voicemails. And I always go in my head, I go, well, what? we've done that maybe, maybe four times. How many times? Four times? Five times? It tops? 
in like 60 something episodes. We don't, we didn't change a format. We never will. It's always just going to be random calls from you guys. Now, this week's episode, I, uh, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I am an artist. I am also a little bit of a punk rocker. I got a chip on my shoulder. I think you got something to say. You got to go out there and say it. You have a responsibility to go out there and say. So another throwback, talking to, a, talking to somebody who needs to get out there, go for it. It makes my heart break to hear. You know, it's one thing to give up on a dream. It's another thing to float. It's another thing to float in a purgatory. That makes my stomach turn, makes my heart hurt. This call did those things, but I feel like some honesty came out. Good luck to this young lady. And I hope moving forward, you either succeed or fail, but that you don't sit and wait any longer. Enjoy the call. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hi. Hi. Is this Chris? Yeah. Hey, Chris. How are you? Well, I'm always honest. When people ask me that question on this show, I'll tell you I'm extremely tired. That's how I'm doing. But I'm drinking some caffeinated tea, so that's going to kick in in the course of our hour together. Yeah, yeah. I did see your, your post. So all is well, though. So, well, this is a lot. I do have to say, it's very cool to, to talk to you. It's cool to talk to you. Thanks. Yeah. It doesn't make me feel great. You're referencing, I put up a picture of myself plugging this call, and I said, I'm going to do a call even though I'm this tired. And you said, yeah, I saw that picture. You could see that I'm visibly exhausted. <laughs> the caption caption made me chuckle, so. Okay, that's good. Yes. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are we, uh, what are we talking about? What are we talking about today? Um, so I wanted to to talk to you, uh, kind of from your point of view, and also uh, from mine as well, because uh, I've had some experiences in my life with it. Um, and hopefully it, it doesn't get too heavy, but we never know on Beautiful Anonymous, right? Um, but yeah, so uh, I wanted to bring up body image in in the industry. Um, you know, especially not because you know when you think of body image. Um, in the entertainment industry, from a woman's point of view, you know, there's you always hear about that and everything, and it it can be uh, a lot of pressure. But also, uh, I feel like it's less talked about from a male's point of view as well. Um, so, I was I was wondering from your perspective as well, um, you know, with, with body image and, and eating disorders and things like that, as far as the industry, what have you picked up on? And and you know, I've had experiences in my life as well. So, and by the industry, I should say, you're referring to the entertainment acting industry yes, yes. Jam. Yes. let's see body image it's it's weird well it's easier for men right we all know that because there's uh mm-hmm. there's certainly there there's more uh there's more parts for schlubby dudes who don't have it together like that's an archetype um, right i can tell you on my end i once had a real moment of reckoning i for many years i paid my rent doing commercials and uh, mm-hmm. for for anybody listening who's never – commercials are a very strange thing because the audition process, like, it's not always based on talent. Sometimes it is. Sometimes that comes into play. But sometimes they just want someone who looks a very specific way. Um, right, right. Sometimes you walk into the room and before you say a word, you know that they're like uh, – like with me, I'm like, uh, they wanted a guy with a big forehead, but my forehead's too big. Like I know that, you know? <laughs> and I just know it. Yeah. I hit my breaking point. I, I uh, 
largely stopped auditioning. Sometimes I go, I'll, I'll still audition for commercials. Sometimes if um, if like my money's not right, but I was hitting a point mentally right. where, where I couldn't do it anymore because I I hit my breaking point by and large. I once auditioned for a commercial <laughs> to play the part of man who is unattractive to women. That was a part I auditioned for. <laughs> I walked out. I actually didn't audition for it. I walked in and saw that that was the name of the part, and I was like, I think. I think I'm not going to feel great about this. And that was oh, like, right. yeah, it was the character's name in the script, you know, like that's what they listed the character as in the script, man who's unattractive to women. And I was like, you know, I wonder if that gets awkward ever when, when they're actually filming, like, okay, like, you know, you're unattractive. Come on, let's film. Like, I wonder if that's uncomfortable yeah. for anybody. It wasn't comfortable just being in the room. Cause you know, a lot of these places too, in New York where you audition for commercials, you walk in and like, they're not physically – like sometimes – there's a few of them that are really spread out and nice and there's lots of chairs. But there's a couple that notoriously are like these very narrow hallways with benches and all the actors just sit shoulder to shoulder crammed in on these benches. And it's like – it really feels like a little dehumanizing. Um, and going to that one, you know, it's like you walk in and like every – like I walk in and I'm like everybody here – you look at the part and it's called Man Who's Unattractive to Women and you turn around and you're like, oh, every – guy sitting here is like a sad just like sad about this and they all look different but they all look weird in their own unique way and everybody looks sad and I was well, like I don't think I can do this naturally yeah but hey I still right. have a very easy life right right no yeah seems like you're doing pretty great <laughs> I'm doing okay people keep telling me I'm doing great and I'm doing fine I'm happy about it I've caught some momentum but I'm <laughs> Really stressed out. It brings its own problems with it. It's fine. Right. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm in a weird place in my life. I'm at, I'm at the, the stage of my life where I'm like, all right, well, I'm young. Uh, not sure what's going to happen next. Don't really know what the next step is. There's kind of there's anxiety there. Um, but, you know. Are you, gotta, an, are you an actor as well? Forward. I, uh, I went to school for I think actually in New York, um, in New at York. a conservatory in, in New York. A conservatory, uh, that's and so, fancy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a two-year conservatory. Uh, two-year conservatory. Yeah, it was it was in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I went there and um, studied musical theater. So uh, yeah, I got I got into acting and then kind of kind of realized um, in the middle of it that I that I liked musical theater a lot and I liked acting, but I wanted um, to dive into more of the uh, music rather than theater. So I actually ended up moving um, out of New York City after being there for about three years. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, like even just the bit that I did audition and, and kind of dive in, even just with school, it can be, it can be surely a lot as far as like typecasting and things like that. And even figuring out what you would be, it can differentiate to different people. And so but either way, it's a it's a great art form. But yeah, it can be a lot. It's fine, man. But yeah, it uh, it gets old fast. It gets old fast. <laughs> the being judged thing with the auditions. It's okay though. I've been on a bunch of weird ones. Bunch of weird ones. Oh, Where'd yeah. you move to to do music? Where'd you go, Nashville? I did. Yeah, how'd you know? I, hey, I know my I know I know my way around this industry of ours. And, uh, well, because all the big Hollywood agencies, they have New York, L.A., and then what people don't realize is a lot of them also have Nashville offices. 
Right. You always have an office in LA right. and New York. A lot of people don't realize also Nashville because that's where the music's at. That's right. Nashville's a cool town. That's right. One of the hardest times. Oh, I love I, Nashville. I, I once bombed so hard doing stand up in Nashville that I was never. I've never been back to Nashville. I bombed so hard. It's no, really. Zane, where where Zanies, did you do stand up? Zanies. Oh, okay. Oh, what, yeah. what happened? I was in a little over my head, and they had me on a, <laughs> a late show, and uh, the early show was Bobcat Goldthwait, and he's great. But it's also like nobody, you know, this was also five or six years ago. And nobody's heard of me now, let alone five or six years ago. And I'm like, if you're just buying a ticket out for a night on the town, and you want to see some comedy and you can see, you can go to an early show where you see the guy from Police Academy and you get home on time. Or you could stay up late and take a chance on some nerd you never heard of. So I didn't sell so many tickets. I felt bad. I've always felt bad. I want to get another crack at saying he's in Nashville, but who knows? Well, come on down. Mm-hmm. I'll spread the word. Now, why did you ask specifically about body issues? Um, because uh, I've dealt with with things like that uh, early on in my life, and um, I was just curious as far as a male's perspective from that. Because you know, you hear a lot about women, and and um, but I've always wondered, you know, like because you know, from a male's perspective as well, like it has to be there. But like you said, I'm sure uh, it is more pressure for women at, at the end of the day. But but yeah, yeah, I, I have uh, dealt with things on my own. With stuff like that early is, on. Is that part of why you wanted to switch from acting to music? Because I would imagine that it's a little bit of a le- less of a constant strain, a little bit more your talent can overcome any of uh, those judgments right. a little bit more? Part, partly, partly, yeah. Because um, also just as far as, like I said, like the typecasting stuff. So, I mean, it is a lot of pressure. I mean, as far as the body image stuff, I feel like either way you kind of have to um, get through that. Either way, um, but I, as far as like the whole exterior thing and having uh, you have to look a certain way uh, to fit a certain part, like it all makes sense, you know. At the end of the day, it does make sense because you have to know what, what part you're going to go out for. But I had a lot of people tell me in school, you know, um, you, you need to you need to look different. You need to dye your hair. You need to wear makeup. Go shopping. Change your style. You know, just like what you look like when you're walking around, like on the street. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to do that because it just like a career. I feel is something that should make you feel more authentic uh, as far as who you are. And I don't feel like that's something that needs to be twisted. For some people, I think it works, but. For me, no, no. And I kind of felt that that music was more of what I wanted to do from the get-go anyway. I thought that when I was going into musical theater school, it would be, you know, just just singing in, in, in a play. And, you know, because I hadn't actually had a lot of experience in it, believe it or not. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was very acting-based, and it's a great art form. But I liked, I liked uh, the music aspect a little bit more, I think. So mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why... I, yeah. Were you in any show? Were you no. like auditioning for the Broadway shows out here in New York? I never auditioned for a Broadway show, but I would audition for, uh, you know, like regional uh, cruise ships, stuff like that. And um, nothing really ever worked out. I, I did that for about a year. And then I kind of realized, well, why would I, you know, if, I, if I'm going to, you know, write my own music and, and uh, just do music, why would I continue doing theater if I would rather just tackle it while I'm still young and give that a shot and then maybe later do theater how's the um, mu- how's the music gone is it working out 
What kind of music you making? Not really. <laughs> Believe it or not. Um, so before I moved here, uh, I recorded uh, my first demo. And um, since I've been here, I've actually done uh, no performing or pursuing it at all. So, yeah. Really? Yeah. Why'd you go, why'd you go um, to Nashville and not do it? Chris, I don't know. <laughs> I'm really not sure. And that's the question that a lot of people in my life keep asking. And I don't know. I feel like something, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm being held back by something. I don't know what it is. So wait, if, if I am. What are you doing instead? Uh, I work at a, at a uh, museum. We're at a museum. Do you like it? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a performance venue as well. Uh-huh. And you work there. You work at a performance so, venue. I do. <laughs> so you're someone who studied acting, said, maybe this isn't for me. I'm going to go to music. Said, I'm going to not do music, but I'm going to work right on the periphery of music by working at a place that includes a performance venue. <laughs> so you like to fucking you're torture right yourself, huh? You like to fucking torture yourself. <laughs> Sorry, Sally. Sorry, Sally. Uh, apparently. You like, being, apparently. you like being really close to your dreams, huh? You like being oh, real oh, yeah. close, but oh, never yeah. plunging right in. Why don't you plunge right in? Plunge I right in. I don't know, Chris. How old, how old are I you? I don't know. How old are you? I'm 21. I'm 21. 21. You're 21. You already went through a two-year acting conservatory and stayed in New York for three years after that? Uh, three years, including the, the conservatory. Okay. So you came to New York a fresh-faced, what, eight, 17, 18? I was... I was 17 or 18. Yeah, I think it was 18. 17, you show up in New York, fresh-faced, ready to go for it. Say, no, maybe Nashville's the town for me. Ready to go for it. We're going to museum. <sighs> that's my response. <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of people's response. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's my response at this point. <laughs> what, do so. I, what do I got to do? What do I got to do to get you on I don't the know. fast track to success? I don't know. I feel like I feel like when I when I would listen to Ron Paul's baby, I was like I relate to this guy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you're striking me as a 21-year-old female version of my old friend Ron Paul's baby. Yeah, yeah. Do you write songs? Know. Do you write songs and not play them for anybody? You do. Uh yeah. You yeah. You do. You have songs you're proud of and you refuse to play them to anybody, don't you? I've recorded five, and yeah, a few people have heard them, but I haven't shared them or anything. Five. When I first moved here, yeah, yeah. Um, when I first moved here, I um, like created this music page, like on Facebook, and I like shared it on my my profile, and people were liking it. People who knew me, and then I'd, I've done nothing with it since. Wow. You got five songs, six songs. You got an EP, right? Or an LP? Once you get to six songs, you can, that's an LP. Uh, uh, an EP. An, an EP. EP. Once you hit six songs, you can put out an yeah. EP. So you walked it right up to the point where you'd have to think about actually releasing it, and then you just stopped. Yes. <sighs> what kind of music are we talking about here? Pop music? Punk rock? Kind of, kind of. Uh, no, music. not punk rock. Uh, it's it's like singer songwriter. It's just me and a keyboard, basically. You and a um, keyboard. And yeah, it's it's pop, poppy kind of. And I would imagine I one of the goals in Nashville. Really hard question. 
I would imagine mm-hmm. one of the goals, if you're going to Nashville, the idea is you release your own music. It's more stripped down lo-fi that maybe you can link up with one of those Nashville producers who can help really push it past those limits. Right. Right. Just not putting it out there. Who are the artists you would say are your role models? Who are the people you're modeling yourself after? Um, let's see. Uh, I like a lot of uh, blues soul artists like Aretha Franklin, Etta James. Wow. Um, Nina Simone? People like that. Yeah, Grace Potter, if you've ever heard of her. Grace Potter's amazing. I really love her. Okay. Um, also, um, just to mention this to you, the first time, because you're a Billy Bragg fan, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I was actually at work one day, and um, they were having uh, a sound check going on. The first time I ever saw him, he was performing at the place that I work at. He blew me away. That is blew awesome. Blew me away. I once saw him at South by yeah. Southwest. He played inside a church, and it was it was one of the most beautiful experiences in my life. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He just sang one song. That was it. And I was like, "Who is this guy?" What song and did so he sing? Now I listen to him a lot. So, hmm? What was the song that blew you away on the sound check? Uh, it was. I think it's a more modern one. It was called uh, "I Ain't Got No Home." Wow. All right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well. Well done yeah. on – I think you did a really good job that as I started to put the screws to you in a way that put some pressure on you, you immediately brought up an artist that you knew would distract me. Good job. <laughs> you think I don't have this game all figured out? Why are you so scared oh, to face – Why are you so scared to face your own dreams? Wow. Okay. Clearly a time for a break because I'm getting worked up. Everyone can see that I have many, uh, many emotions when it comes to uh, artists not trying. So I'm going to go ahead and calm down. I think we all can. I think one perfect way to do that, we got advertisers, they got products, they got services, they can help your lives. They got promo codes that relate to this show. Check these things out. Use the promo codes. I hope you enjoy them. We'll be back more hearing from our lovely young singer. Support for today's show comes from Audible, presenting Where Should We Begin with Esther Perel. This original audio series takes you inside the office of the foremost authority on modern love, Esther Perel, celebrated psychologist who has helmed a private practice in New York City since 1983. Esther has over three decades of experience navigating the intricacies of love and desire. Listen as she helps 10 anonymous couples sort through the intimate and profound details of their stories together. And you might find the language you've been looking for to have conversations with the people in your own life. It's real couples candid conversations and surprising truths you do not want to miss it go to audible.com slash Esther to listen that's audible.com slash e-s-t-h-e-r again audible.com slash Esther e-s-t-h-e-r audible and amazon prime members listen free so where should we begin everybody needs to take a little bit better care of themselves right Nobody's arguing with that logic. And guess what? Taking care of our mental health is no exception. That's why today's sponsor, Talkspace, the online therapy company, makes it easy to connect with an experienced licensed therapist handpicked just for you for as little as $32 a week. Using Talkspace, you can send your therapist text, audio, video messages whenever you want, or even do a live chat. You need to vent about work, family, talk through something that's been on your mind. No problem. Okay, your therapist is ready to help. I think at this point, everybody and most of the people in the world who ever heard of me now know that I see a therapist and have for many years. Uh, Talkspace is a way to try that world out. 
could be the thing for you. Get you talking. Sign up, learn more, go to talkspace.com slash beautiful. And as a special offer for our listeners, you can use coupon code beautiful to get $30 off your first month. Show your support for this podcast. That's code beautiful at talkspace.com slash beautiful. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. Thanks so much to all our sponsors. And uh, let's get back to this phone call. I'm, I'm putting the screws, putting the screws to this, uh, this young singer from Nashville. I want to see how this one turns out. Why are you so scared oh, to face? Why are you so scared to face your own dreams? Why are you so scared? You're I scared. I don't know. You went to New York. I don't. I respect it. You went to Nashville. I respect it. But you're standing in front of the finish line. You won't step over the line. How come? I can't respect that. I don't know. Come on. You got what it takes? You got the chops? I I don't know. You know if you Mm -hmm. got the chops or not. You got the chops? I think so. I mean, the thing is, well, when I was uh, in musical theater school, I remember, and I don't think this is something that, you know, teachers or anything were supposed to say, but I would often find that they would take me to the side and be like, so why, so why musical theater? Why don't you just go do this uh, singing thing? Like you, you have, you have a good voice. Like, why don't you like, just, just try to do that. Like, I've always wondered, why don't you just do that? And I was like, Hmm, are you supposed to be asking? And I was like, well, you know, maybe they're right. I mean, and it, and it feels better when I just kind of tackle the, the music thing. And I feel, I feel like it made sense to a lot of other people. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like it makes sense that I, I would be doing that. I just, I can't find I feel like I'm waiting for the right time and I've been waiting for the right time for like almost a year now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're 20. And it's just not coming. You're 21. I don't want to be condescending and say you're young, you still have time, but I do, I will say you, you can't, you're going to sit around, what you're going to sit around waiting for the right time until when? Until you're on your deathbed? Is that going to be the right time? And you're going to say, all, all I did was, uh, <sighs> I just, I, I, oh, I'm going to pat myself on the back because I, I, uh, I put myself in physical proximity to be close to my dreams. You're not going to do that. What's the ideal here? What's the ideal career? What are you looking for? Well, I mean, the thing is, there's open mics all over the place. People that I work with are musicians. They're like, hey, let's go. Like, I'll get you on the stage. Like, come to this, come to this jam and we'll do it. I'm like, okay, I will one day. And they're like, when? I'm like, I don't know. And you don't do it. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, there, are multi- there are so many opportunities and you just All won't take them. Me. More, more than I even know of, but the ones that I do know of, there's a lot. You're, drown- you're drowning in them. opportunities that you refuse to even embrace. I mean, I feel like, I, I think I don't believe I'm ready yet because for whatever reason, and by, by ready, I mean like, because when you dive into the music industry, like you're going to face people who are, I mean, it's kind of inevitable and it's fair enough, actually, who are going to, you know, ask you to change things about yourself, potentially. What's um, going on you there? You never know. And let's, I be, let's be honest. Hmm? What's going on? Let's be honest. Because this is like the third time you talked about people asking you to change yourself. Right out of the gate, you asked me about body image issues and said that you dealt with them. What, what, what's going on? What's really going on here? What shook your confidence up so bad? I don't know. I feel like I've kind of always, I don't know, since I was very, very young, I just, I had a lot of anxiety and like, just scared, 
friend. I don't know why. Okay. I don't know why. You do you have I mean, eating? Was, you have eating stuff. You were kind of hinting before that there was some eating disorder stuff. I I, I used to. I used to for sure. Yeah. Um, in high school, especially. What were you doing? Um, Anorexia, bulimia. Both. Wow. Um. Well, okay. So to start from the beginning, really, I think it. I think what caused it. Well, okay. Well, first of all, I never liked school when I was younger. I just hated school. I don't know why. I just didn't really like it. School's garbage. That's why I hated it. School's really annoying and it's garbage. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. I never understood why kids like to go there. I was like, this place is hell. Like, why? Why? And so even when I was in like elementary school, I never liked it. I wanted to be at home with mom. And so, um, yeah. So I didn't, I guess I wasn't really that great at school because I always wanted to leave. And so I think it got to a point where my parents thought that it was, um, an attention problem. And so, uh, when I was around second or third grade, I was put on Adderall Mm -hmm. and, um, and so that lasted uh, for a while up until about middle school. And basically, I mean, but that are all, I, mean, I don't know if you've, I'm sure you've heard about like, the side effects. Basically, if you, if you don't do it properly, you basically don't want to eat ever. And yeah, I was put on it briefly. That was, that was a thing. I lost a ton of weight, but I also started, yeah. I also started pooping blood, if I'm being honest. Another side effect. Oh, God. You got the hemorrhoids. That never it, happened to me. I wasn't drinking enough water. <laughs> it can really dehydrate. Yeah, I got the hemorrhoids. I got the hemorrhoids. It's okay. No. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I'm just telling you my truth. I'm just telling you my truth. <laughs> as, as you should. Fair enough, Chris. Um, but yeah. So I got very small. I didn't I didn't eat like I never wanted to eat and I didn't understand it at all. So my mom would be like, Oh, you know, like, please eat your lunch, please eat or whatever and I'd be like, Okay, I'm fine. And so I got very I got very tiny and it wasn't like I would just be a zombie, like when my my mom would pick me up at the end of the day, like she would be like, So how was your day? And I would just wanna like fall over and just like sleep because I was just I was just a zombie and so I think around middle school my parents realized okay this is not good she's getting very tiny and it's not really helping that much as far as academics so I think we should just stop it and so I got off of it around like eighth grade and um and so I don't think I realized that that whole time that I was still on Adderall um, all my friends and the people around me, my peers had already kind of gone through puberty the proper way. Um, and I wasn't really eating during that time because, you know, it was just a side effect. And so when I was off of it around high school, freshman year of high school, I began to gain weight because I was eating regularly again, which was fine. And I didn't realize that it was. Like, it was fine. I I was gaining weight because I was developing my natural body type, which could have been developed before. But I believe that my natural body type was thin because that that was what I was for a very long time. And that's how I felt that I just was. And that if I wasn't, then I was doing something wrong. And so when I actually began to develop um, things, I just began to notice things. And I just became very, very uncomfortable especially compared to others. I would compare myself to others all the time. And around my sophomore year, um, 
that was when I, I began like, okay, well, I mean, if I, I feel insecure, like it's fine. I'll, I'll go on a diet. Like I'll start exercising more and things like that. And so I did that for a while and I just, I just got really frustrated because I didn't think it was happening fast enough. So I, I eventually just, I just stopped eating and then it, um, it kind of spiraled and it led to bulimia and, um, it went on for a while. Yeah. So. And are you, are you still, uh, do you, are you still, are you still participating in those behaviors or have you, uh, have you corrected that? No, thankfully. No. Um, when I was a senior, um, I, I, I finally came out and spoke about it to, to my mom and, um, and my dad. And so I started, uh, going to, uh, counseling and, um, that really, really helped. That was probably the best decision that ever made to, to see someone and actually talk about everything. Um, and so, yeah, I still see that person. It's been going on for like four years now. Um, but so, I mean, it never fully goes away though. I don't, I don't think, I think for some people it, it does. It just depends on the day. I mean, like, I, I feel like, I think it's been like two years, two, three years since I've, I've done any of that, but it could be tomorrow that it could happen again. It just depends on how intense it is. Like the, the feeling like of looking in the mirror, not feeling like, like it's, I don't know. It's, it's very, it's very strange how, how much it can take you over when it gets to that point, because you can, you can literally wake up and, and get ready and go to work and feel fine and then look in the mirror and get one bad look and your whole life is in shambles. Like it's just done for you. Like, well, I'm a piece of trash, so I got to do something about this and it needs to be done right now. And if it doesn't, then, you know, what's the point? Yeah. So that's a sad state of affairs. I'm glad that you, uh, I'm glad you fought back against that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it was, um, I'm thankful that I did it when I did, because if I hadn't, it would have been a lot of pressure in, in um, theater school as well. And it probably would have been much worse because it's just, you know, you're looking in the mirror every day there. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it does stick with you. I got, um, I got a couple thoughts so, if you want them. I got a couple thoughts. Okay. The first one goes against the Gethard brand, goes against some of the previous ethos of this show. If you don't want to, okay. if if you uh, if if feeling that level of judgment and feeling like people looking at you sideways has sent you spiraling at times, you don't. Do you know there's, I'm someone who's always like blah blah blah. What do I got to do to get you to achieve your dreams? There's also something you said for, you know, if you if you are you are pursuing activities between acting and music. Both of those are things where the intense judgment of others is just part of the game. If that's something you don't want, mm -hmm. you don't have to do that if that's something you don't want. And for everybody, like for me and everybody who you're like, why aren't all these people in your lives who are like, why aren't you coming to the open mics, this and that, blah, blah, blah. All your teachers who are like, maybe it's just music for you, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you're hesitating because you don't want to be judged all the time. And that's awesome. If you don't want that, that's okay. Um, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Right. The thing is, like, I definitely, uh, you're right there. You're right. I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Like, I don't want to deal with being judged all the time because it takes a lot of effort to fight, a, fight back against it. It's easier to just give in. And so, 
but I also don't want to do anything else. Like, and that's what's kind of been holding me back a lot because well, I think, thing, okay, right? well, you know, if I, if I'm hesitant to do this right now because of judgment, what else can I do? And there's nothing else that I want to do. Well, if there's nothing else that you got, want to do, then you got to just do it. You got to, because I know I, I'll tell you for me with comedy and I say this so sincerely is like, I, I had hideously low self-esteem for a lot of my life. I had real issues with anxiety um, just feeling totally out of place in the world, with, with just feeling down on myself, looking in the mirror, feeling like I, I looked hideous. Every time I post a plug about Beautiful Anonymous, put a picture up on Instagram, I'm like, oh, God, why do I even do this? Like, I still have those thoughts all the time. But I also just know, like, if I didn't get to do comedy, I would I would lose my mind. I'd, I'd die. And I knew I'd hit a point. I remember I hit a point when I was right around your age where I was like, you know what? All I want to do is comedy. And there's all these gatekeepers but if they won't let me do it, then I know I'll do it on the streets and people will just have to think I'm a madman. And if, if that, if, I, guess if I, if, I guess if I just starve and die, that's what has to happen because this is something that I need to do, you know? Yeah. So if you got to yeah. sing, you better start singing. You know what I mean? You're right. If you don't want to right. do anything yeah. else and you're not doing it, you're setting yourself up for... Um, to feel tortured all the time. I don't care if it's at a karaoke. I don't care if it's at a karaoke night. You better start singing. What are you doing? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And also, a lot of the people you mentioned, their talent made everybody shut the fuck up, right? <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Like Aretha Franklin. Oh, like, come on. I'm not, no offense to her, she's a brilliant artist, a beautiful human being. I don't think she's someone who was letting other people say, you need to look a certain way, right? She looked like what she looked like, and she was like, fuck you, I can sing better than anybody. Pipe down. Mm-hmm. Rise above That's it. That's true, that's true. Adele. That's true. Adele is the best. Mm-hmm. Adele looks how Adele looks, but she sounds like she sounds, so everybody's got to shut up. Adele wins. It's beautiful. That's true. When was the last time you sang in public? Ooh. Um, uh, I actually have not thought about that. Um, probably almost... Two years ago, maybe. No, maybe, maybe like a year and a half. Probably like a year and a half. So you're a singer. You want to be a singer. I am. Yeah. And you don't sing. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah. That's hilarious. That. Actually, now that you said that. It's hilarious hmm. to you, but it's. Getting me I know. It's time. not, though. What's your favorite? It's not what, hilarious. What's your favorite song of all time? Favorite song of all time? That's, that's a tough question to answer. I don't know if I actually have an answer to that question. What's in, what are the, what's in, what's in the running? What's, I know there's probably, for someone who's uh, into music, there's probably a number of things in contention. What's one that comes to mind? Um, Probably uh, something's got a hold on me. Uh, that's a good one, Etta James. Uh huh. Um. Hmm. 
What else? Um, no, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. As far as favorite songs to sing, that's up there. Uh-huh. And what do you think? Do you need to warm up, or can you just launch into it now? Because you're singing on this podcast. Oh, no, Chris. Come yeah, you on, are. man. Yeah, you are. No. You are. And then Why? Because that's what you do. You sing. And this is a big platform. You got, you got thousands of people are going to hear this into the deep end with you. You sing. If you're a singer, let's start singing. Oh, oh that's a good thing to, to mention before. Hey, I'm a, I, there's no rules to this. No rules to <laughs> I'm a stern taskmaster. Everybody knows. Everybody who calls this show knows that you might get a laid back Gethard. You might get goof around Gethard. Or if I haven't slept enough and I had a long layover in Atlanta yesterday, that you might get slightly grumpy stern Gethard. And guess what? Unfortunately, I did some stand up in Gainesville and you got layover Gethard. So right now. Oh, come on. What do you need? You need me and you to start doing the warm ups? I'll do the warm ups with you. Can't help but notice I'm the only one doing this. Well, because you know, if I like stepped in and started doing it with you, it would be all delayed and everyone would be like, this is a nightmare. No, they'd be like, this girl's going to let, let her guard down and sing for us. And we're all going to be blown away by the beauty of it. We're going to rally around it and support. We're going to leave many internet comments that um, encourage her and also speak, uh, you know, also push against the negativity that can be on the internet. Jared also just told me, he just typed in, he can align it later. Show some respect. Jared's a master of his craft. He'll align it later. I don't even know what that means, but I can figure it out. Match it up. That's beautiful, first of all. I love you, that. You won't do it. You're a singer and you it's won't so much sing. Pressure. It's no pressure at all. It's just some, I'm just some dude in a sweater. You don't have to warm up if you want to, but I am not moving on with this conversation until you sing on my podcast. Because I bet you have a beautiful voice. You're not even giving me or the world a chance to tell you that. You're so scared of the rejection that you won't open the door to possible acceptance. And we're going to take a break. How mad are you right now? How mad are you at me right now? Because everybody's waiting on bated breath to see if this girl's really got the chops. That's the perfect time for an ad break. You know what they call that? Cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger. Hanger, I'm going to make you wait for it. Uh, but in all sincerity, thanks to our advertisers. They're the ones who help us bring this show out to you guys for free. So please do uh, listen to what they have to say, what I have to say about them. Use the promo code, support the show, and uh, we'll be back more with our singer. We actually get to hear how this all goes. I want to tell you about an app that, crazily enough, it's designed to get you to stop looking at your phone, go out into the real world. That's, that's not how things operate right now, right? You're going to stop looking at your phone. It's called Detour. Imagine listening to one of your favorite podcast hosts take you on a walk through their favorite neighborhood in the world and telling you all 
its secrets. That's what a detour is, an immersive audio story that knows where you are. They have 150 different audio walks from Radiolab to Ken Burns, from a leader of San Francisco's gay rights movement to a Broadway star in New York. They weave through some of the most fascinating neighborhoods all around the world. Plus, when you walk with friends, you can sync your audio so you hear the same thing at the same time. It's very cool. It's a new way to experience the world. I think this is a really fascinating idea, and I'm so psyched I get to tell you about it. Detour is a magical way to explore places with the people that know them best. Go to detour.com slash beautiful to get your first audio walk free. That is detour.com slash beautiful. Thanks again to all our advertisers. Very sincerely, you guys helped make this show happen, and uh, I appreciate that so much. And now, the moment of truth been hearing from the singer can she sing you're so scared of the rejection that you won't open the door to possible acceptance all right chris do you like the jackson five hey you don't have to sound all pissed off about it (laughs) of course i like the jackson five everybody likes the jackson five Okay, good. All right. Well, I'm going to take a, a sip of water mm-hmm. because I've been cornered. Take your time. Take your time. I don't want you to blow out the pipes. You take your time. All right. and it sounded great. Thanks. Thank you. You can do that. You can do that and you're not doing that. That's not fair to the rest of us. It's not fair to you or the rest of us. You're good at what you do, so do it. Thank you. You're not going to do it. What is it? What is I, it you I'm can't like, get past? What is it you can't get I past? I, I don't know. I, I think it's just like this this concept of being ready. And you'll never truly be ready. You just have to kind of do it. And I feel like I've been wrestling that for a long time. Like, okay, when am I going to do it? When am I going to do it? When am I going to do it? Yeah, you're never going to be ready. You're always going to convince yourself you're not. You said you're not much of a punk rock fan. Well, I am. Do you know the story about when the Ramones went to England? Mm Mm-mm. So the Ramones, who, by the way, are the best, one of the greatest bands of all time. Mm Mm-hmm. 
They were respected in New York, and I wasn't there for this. This is all stuff I've read. They were respected in New York, but remained very, very small, very, very underground. They go out to London for some shows. This was big for them because it, it was like apparently everybody in everybody in England had been listening to the Ramones and had been like, oh, my God, kind of got it more than maybe some of the, uh, the American places outside of New York did. They go over there. It's packed out. It's like these legendary shows, and these kids come up to mm-hmm. them. These kids come up to them, and they're like, uh, hey – that was incredible. We want to start a band too. And the Ramones are like, well, why don't you just do it? And they're like, because we don't, we don't even know how to play any instruments. And the Ramones are like, yeah, neither do we. Did you see our show? But everybody came out. Just start the band, figure it out. And you know who that band became? The Clash. That's how The Clash got no. started. Yeah. The Clash didn't even know how to play instruments when they started. And the Ramones were like, fuck no. it, do it. Yeah, and The Clash are the best. Some might say, The Clash are the only, The Ramones, Johnny Ramones says The Clash was the only band, the only other punk band that he felt threatened by when he heard them. When The Clash put out their records, he was oh, like, wow. oh, we better get to work. The Clash didn't even know how to play, man. You're ready. And you know what else? You know what else? What? If you don't have what it takes... Go find out now. What are you going to do? Sit around wondering? No, thanks. My shrink once told me that. Give yourself no other option. I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before. My, that's the best advice my shrink ever gave me. I was like you once. I was teaching all these improv classes, picking up all these freelance magazine writing gigs. I don't want to do that. I wanted to be a comedian. I've been doing comedy for seven mm-hmm. years, dipping my toe in it, though. I was having all my friends move on. Why aren't I moving on? Well, you're not really going all in on it. You're not committing yourself 100%. So she said, don't make any money off of anything that's not the things you want to do, just acting and writing. I said, it's a terrible idea. She said, why? I said, because I have to pay my rent, and I don't make enough through comedy to pay my rent. She said, well, if you don't put yourself in a position where you can't eat without it, you're never going to know. So I gave myself, I think I set aside like, like saved up, set aside like $2,000, and I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And if I ever need to, if I ever, you know, I'm going to try to just make my rent off of what I earn through comedy. And if it ever gets to a point where I have to break into this emergency money, that'll get me through like a month where I can just like have my rent paid for a month while I figure out a new day job. And for about a year, I was just hustling, mm-hmm. grinding, picking up all these weird gigs, all these sad gigs, auditioning for parts like man who was unattractive to women, doing all this stuff. Very strange writing gigs where I th- would show up thinking there was going to be a whole room full of writers and I was the only one inside a weird little room with no windows, like a brick room. It was very odd. Felt sort of like I was being kidnapped. A lot of odd gigs. And it was fun, but it was stressful and I was hustling hard. And about nine months after that conversation, I bottomed out, hit a point where I was like, it's the only time in my adult life where I was like, man, if I had to pay my rent right now, I don't have it. I don't have my rent. If the landlord knocked on the door, mm-hmm. can't hand him the rent, I'd have to break into that emergency money. And I was crying. Got on the phone with my got on the phone, buddy of mine, my friend Joe. I was like, dude, I, I think I gotta quit. He's like, don't quit. I'm like, I made a deal with myself. Find out if I have what it takes for real. And uh didn't have it. And that was on a Tuesday. And then Friday, I got my first ever part in a movie. Haven't looked back since. But I needed to prove to myself and to the world and to the universe that I was ready to die on the sword to make this happen. And until I went all in, 
I really didn't deserve any of the opportunities I've had since. Man. I mean, yeah, it, that that is very scary. I feel like I'm going to have to get to that point where it's it's all or nothing, really. Yeah. Because it is. Like, it's not like I've been happy for the past year. Like, I this has been, like, one of the most unhappy times of my life. And that's what like, my... I'm not the, happy my by sh- any means. My shrink said to me, I was so unhappy, and I was so stressed out, and I felt so bad about myself, and I was always comparing myself to everybody else. And my shrink said to me, you're not going to, you're going to be fine if you fail. You'll be okay with it if you fail. What's killing you is that you refuse to go find out if you have what it takes. If you don't have what it takes, you'll be okay with that. Move on. I think the same thing about you. If you go out there and you really, if you go out there, you try to sing with a voice like that, and you're saying, you're going to make people notice. And put stuff out in the world. Somebody, some producer is going to hear that and say, I know what to do with that. And they're going to help you. And if that doesn't happen, you're going to go, okay, now I can go get a museum job. <laughs> doing it in the wrong order, my friend. You're right. You're doing it in the wrong order. You're right. You got your safety, you got your safety school picked out, but you haven't even applied to your reach yet. Your voice- you're right. Your voice is too good. I would listen to it all day. Thank you, Chris. That actually really, really does help because, like I said, I haven't really sung for anyone in so long. Yeah. That's the first time you've sung for another human being in a year and a half? Pretty much. Unless it's just like goofing off in the car or something. But, I mean, I feel like more more people than just you are going to hear it now. Yeah. I guess so. Like 100,000. 100,000 people are going to agree with me. They're going to agree with me. They're going to say, you're selling yourself short, and you're ripping the rest of us off by not giving us that. This is called tough love right here. It's called tough love. And I I feel like I need it. You do. I could tell. Because you're dancing around stuff. And every time I asked you why you wouldn't really do it, you start laughing, making jokes. I do that. I know. I know. That's what we do. Yeah. That's what people do. Yeah. You gotta uh, go find out. Go find out. You're in Nashville. Every day that you're not singing in public is a day where some producer might have noticed you and isn't. That's how it works around there, right? Isn't that why you go to Nashville? Pretty much. Right? They got yeah. the, they got that whole road with all the bars and there's live music in all of them and they open up the windows and you can hear it from the streets and you don't know who's gonna hear it in that town. Oh yeah. That's how that town works. Oh yeah. By- by 11 a.m., there, there's people belting their faces off on Broadway. Do you think if you really hustled no. and put it out there that you could be singing every day in public somewhere, even if that meant a karaoke bar? Potentially, yeah. Yeah, I know of people who, um, like one of my coworkers, actually, uh, he just went to one of the the open jams one time, and he actually, um, someone just heard him on one of the jams one night, and he became like one of the core members of of the band. So it can happen. I guess it's just the fear that it won't. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. The fear. So. Follow the fear. Run headfirst into the fear. Fear's where it's at. That's where all the good things live. All the good things live inside the fear. Safety. There's nothing That's good. True. There's nothing. There's nothing good that feels safe. 
it's good to feel safe. Are there any oh. other any other are there any other dreams you might have? Are there any other aspirations you might have? Is it like it's either singing or this other thing? Um not really that I that I get as excited about. I mean if if there uh, ever was a time where, where music didn't really work out or if I did it for a while and then it just wasn't financially possible anymore, uh, I thought about musical therapy. Yeah, um, it's beautiful. Which would, which would be really cool um, because, you know, I like helping people. And that's also part of the reason why I want to do my own music so people can relate to it and yeah. and I can help people through that. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a possibility. But that's also not the plan. It's something that, you know, I feel like I feel like almost everyone kind of has to think about who's a performer. Well, if if not this, then what else? Um, a little bit. That's that's the thing. But you should give yourself yeah. some time where you don't have that. You mentioned your parents. Yes. You, you mentioned your parents. Your parents, you said when you went to them about your eating disorder in the past that they really stepped up pretty quickly. Are your parents mm-hmm. still that supportive? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're actually really, really pushing me to get this same thing going. My mom especially doesn't understand. She's actually, God, you're gonna kill me when you hear this. She's actually, uh, she knows someone whose brother-in-law is a producer here, and she's like given me his number and his business card, uh, and I can send him my demo, but I haven't. I could. I I'm could, about to put my fist. Through, I'm about to put my fist through this computer screen in front of me. I'm about to put my fist. You have the most support. You're 21 years old. You got pipes. You got the most supportive family in the entire world, and you just refuse to do it. I'm really, I'm really, uh, I'm really, come on, come on. The sympathy. I don't have my, come on. If you ran out of money, if you called your parents and you were like, hey, I bottomed out. I can't pay my rent. I don't even have money for a plane ticket home. They'd just give you the money to get home, right? Yes, if, if they could, then absolutely they would. They would make sure to do it. Yeah, so you got the you got a safety net. I got no. Uh, I'm getting mad. I'm getting mad. I'm getting mad at this. I know. I'm sorry. I'm making you mad. No, because there's nothing. The more I talk about it, the more I'm I'm mad at myself. I'm yeah. like, wow, this really doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. You got a producer's number. You're in a city where anybody could hear you. You've seen examples of people around you who just by grinding it out and putting themselves in a position to succeed have succeeded. You got pipes. Come on. You're hearing people. There's times where you're walking down these streets in Nashville. You're hearing the music come out of these bars. You're hearing the people who are singing, and you know I, I, I can blow these people out of the water. You have that thought, don't you? I've had that thought a lot of times. That's on you, dude. So many times, Chris. That's so on you. Times. Do you have stage fright when you get on stage? Do you get scared or something? Uh, uh, I did at first, and then it kind of wore off because I was performing every day in school. But now I don't know how it'll be because it's just been so long since I've been on stage. So by and large, you're just not performing because you just straight up just don't feel like it. You're not particularly well, scared no. of it. You're not particularly scared of it. No, 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 no. Yes, I like this. You get mad at me. All right. Yeah, 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 because that's not it. It's not it. It's because I'm I'm very, very held back because I don't – I want to know myself as an artist. I know that feels very, very cheesy and stupid, but I want, I want to know what I'm going to bring to the table. I also want to be prepared to stand up for myself, and I want to start knowing who I 
who I am as an artist before I get too deep into it because I don't want to get really deep into it and then discover that, oh, well, maybe I don't like this this part of what I've been uh-huh. offering, you know? Uh-huh. And, and do you feel like you're figuring out who you are as an artist by working in a museum? No. <laughs> no. I, I just call it bullshit on that hard as hell, dude. Uh, okay. You're good, Gethard. So they say, my young friend. <laughs> no, I know I'm being harsh on you, but also, you got to get up there. You got, all the t- you got all the time to fall on your face and then go rebuild your whole life. You got all that. That's true. I mean, and, and the clock is ticking because, I mean, I am young, but there's only so much time that I'm going to have to fall on my face. Yeah, and you're in a young person's industry. You're in, a young, you're, in, you're in an industry where youth is an asset, and you're, every day that goes by, you're letting that asset slip past. You're right. You're right. And how much of this, how much of this fear is deep-seated? How much of this fear is... Uh, Root it, root it in some of the body image stuff you brought up before. Because that was the first thing you said, the industry and the body image issues. How much of it is that and how much of it is just you need to be told to shit or get off the pot? Sorry, Sally. <laughs> um, I think that I don't even know the answer to that. I think that a lot of it is just kind of inside and I, and I don't, I'm not really conscious of it. It could be a lot of it, though. I mean, because the body image stuff goes right along with just feeling judged and a, and a lot of that stuff. So, I, I mean, yeah, it, it could be a big chunk of it, for sure. And I just don't even know. Um, I mean, yeah. You know what's going to feel really good, though? Are there people around town who you got your eye on them and you're like, that person's killing it? Do you have those people? Do you see the people um, around Nashville where you're like, ah... I love the way that person plays or that person sings. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. One day. Yeah, there are. One day you're going to sing, and you're not even going to realize that person's in the room. And when you're done, they're going to say, hey, you're pretty good. You're going to love that feeling. You can't be so scared of the potential rejection that you cut yourself off from the potential success. Can't do it. Can't do it. Got to try. We're in a first world nation. Your parents would buy you that plane ticket home. You got to try for everybody who doesn't have those things. I feel like I can't not after this. I feel like I owe it to you. Yeah, and you should name your first album should be a picture. The art should be a picture of my face, and the title should be A Man Who Is Unattractive to Women. That should be your album title. <laughs> And then you'll know. I'll then sign, you'll know. Off, I'll sign off the rights to my image if you want to do that, but only for you. Only for you. Aw. Oh, man. Or just a giraffe. Oh, people are so tired of those giraffe pics online, though. Jesus. Every, I know. Every time oh, a giraffe pic hits the internet, I got 45 posts on my Facebook feed. People mad about seeing another giraffe. Somebody posted a video of a giraffe giving birth, and it almost made me throw up. It was really... Oh, God. It's, yeah, it was, was really... It on, was it on the, the group page? It was in the Facebook group, man, because you don't really think about how much how far a baby giraffe has to fall and how much uh, you know, how much liquid and stuff comes with that. It was really... I was like, I did not need to see that. 
Just go ahead and click <laughs> delete that one out. In what world is that necessary? Come on, yeah. man. Yeah. Come but on. at least that giraffe was giving birth to something in the world, which you could be doing as well via your songs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Went full circle there. Yeah, that was I'm not, good. I'm not going to let you start joking around about Facebook with five minutes left. I know. Five minutes left, really? Wow. Yeah. That flew by. Did you think you were going to get a cold, hard dose of reality when you called in? Or was that just a surprise from me to you? Um, I didn't think so. I thought it, I thought it would be a little lighter. but um. No way. No way. Young people... Probably for the best. Young, pe- young people who... Uh, young people setting up roadblocks for themselves. Big, pe- big pet peeve of mine. Especially because it's all rooted in other people's judgment. And I, uh, I feel like I'm someone... It's weird. I feel like from the outside, I'm viewed as a success now, and that's nice. And I have to come to terms with that and figure out what that means. But I also know that there were uh, so many days where all I wanted to do was quit. All I wanted to do was quit. And so many times, I can remember so many specific instances where someone said something to me, they didn't even realize it kept me from quitting. So if I can tell you, you got to go for it, I feel like that's me passing on that favor that was given given to me by all those people. Yeah. Because, I mean, like I said, and I'm not, not bouncing off the walls of happiness right now in any way. So. Yeah, if you're bummed I mean, out. you're right. You got the museum job. What else? What What are the other? Uh, what else? What? Are, you got any? You got anything making you happy? Or are you just working at the museum and then going home and beating yourself up about the music? Uh, you're pretty much right on the money there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, I listen to Beautiful Anonymous a lot. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I'll I'll come home and I will watch videos of like my favorite artists oh, so and I'll think it's going to like inspire me <laughs> and I'll wake up the next day and be like, I'm ready. And then it doesn't happen. You torture yourself. Now, do you know how many people, yeah. do you know how many people tried to call today? Tried to call this phone line? How many? When I tweeted it out, we're right now up to 5,445 attempted calls. Oh my God. And you got through. And you got through so we could have this conversation. You know, you know what? I've tried so many times and it's just always just busy. Yeah. And then I heard the little intro and I was like, what? So you got through. So we could have this 58 minutes <sighs> thus far of talking. Me effectively yelling at someone who's 15 years younger than me about her life choices. <laughs> Maybe inappropriate to some, <laughs> but let me ask you the million-dollar question: When are you going right. to sing? When When are you going to sing in front of people? I I'm going to start in I'm going to start next month. Wrong. 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 You know that's not the answer I wanted to hear. You give yourself another month to today? be nervous. Yes. Today. You can find some place to sing today. Well, I, technically, I kind of did. I did on this phone call. Technically, you did. People. Technically, you did. I'm saying it doesn't you're, count. You're gonna go somewhere where you can see people's faces and see their reactions, and those reactions might be disappointed, or they might start cheering. And I don't care where it is. You sing every day. You're a singer. If you're a singer, I'm gonna get you. Want to hear some harsh truth? You want to hear some harsh truth? Mm-hmm. 
You're not a singer. Mm-hmm. You're not a singer. You don't sing. You're not. I'm okay. not a comedian if I stop telling okay. jokes. So you need to go sing today and tomorrow and every day. You got to find. I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind so it will fuel me. Ooh, you're going to keep it in your mind for a month, I can tell. You're mad at me. You're mad that I said you're not a singer. <laughs> I'm not mad. It's fine. I know you mean well. I know you do. You're not singing today, though. You have no intention. I can hear it. We got 30 seconds left. I'm literally Ron Paul's baby. No. Um, no, I will. I will. I will. You will and what? hopefully you You'll... will know when I do. Yeah, I'm looking forward to your album, Man Who Is Unattractive to Women. Yes. <laughs> we got 10 work. seconds. We got 10 seconds left. You going to sing or no? Be honest. I will, yes. Thank you, Chris. Caller, I know you're out there listening to your episode right now. If you don't already have a time booked today where you're singing, tomorrow where you're, I'm, I'm going to be so mad. I personally, I'll, never, I'll probably never speak to you again. And if we ever do meet somehow in real life, you don't even have to admit to me who you are. I'm so mad if you're not singing because you got a voice. So give it to us. Give it to us. And thank you for that brief 10 to 15 seconds where you did blew my mind. And I hope you go out there and I hope you make it. And hoping you do, you thank me in the album liner notes. I hope at the very least you just got a little thanks CG in there if you make it. Because I think you could. And not everybody can say that about everybody. So thank you. Thank you for calling. And I hope it works out. And I hope you finally go for it so you stop torturing yourself. And it goes to everybody out there who's thinking about doing a thing. Do the thing. See how it goes. If you fail, it'll be fine. You dust yourself off. It'll be great. Thank you so much. And thanks to uh, Jared O'Connell in the booth. Not letting the caller off the hook. You're going to sing together. I'll align it. I'll step in. I'll align it. No excuses. I loved that moment. Thanks to the Reverend John DeLore and Greta Cohn who helped build this show. Thanks to Shell Shag for all the music. You want to know more about me, what I'm up to, chrisgeff.com. Got a lot of stuff cooking right now. Keep your eye on that website, man, because I'm, uh, I'm pretty overwhelmed. You can hear it in my voice. If you enjoy Beautiful Anonymous, it is so appreciated. You can show your love for it. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. It genuinely helps us out so much. So uh, please do it. Check it out. We'll be back next week, always, with more of your phone calls. Maybe I'll get to talk to you next time. I'm looking forward to it. Today's show was sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that believes that therapy should be affordable, confidential, and convenient. A Talkspace therapist can help put you on the path to a happier life. For a special offer for our listeners, visit Talkspace.com beautiful. Again, that is Talkspace.com beautiful. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you've ever wanted to see a live show from your favorite podcasts, I have great news for you. The three-day podcast festival Now Hear This is happening in New York City this September, and early bird tickets are on sale now. This year's lineup includes great earwolf shows like How Did This Get Made, Comedy Bang Bang, Politically Reactive, and Who Charted, plus more of your favorites from Gimlet, Crooked Media, Public Radio, and Radiotopia. This is a great value. One ticket gets you access to all 25 live shows throughout the weekend and Buy now to save up to 35% on your ticket. That's 60 bucks. people of Earth! Now Hear This is September 8th through 10th in New York City. Come see great podcasts, meet the hosts, and make some new friends. Go to nowhearthisfest.com to get your tickets. That's nowhearthisfest.com. Act fast to save 35%. Early bird pricing ends May 29th.
This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.